It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show. Lots of chat and guests, as usual, over the next couple of hours. Peppered with music, of course, as well. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, don't forget the usual number, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, you will have heard, I'm sure, on LMFM's news, uh, the sad news of the untimely passing of Aaron Cantwell. Young Aaron tragically lost his life following a road traffic accident at the weekend uh, while making his way home on the Navin Trim Road. And I'm joined on the show today by his only brother, Adam. Hello, Adam. Hi, how are you? Thank you very much for taking our call on the show today. May I say first... How sad I am and how sad everybody is. And may we extend our sympathies to you and your dad, David, who I interviewed on this show some time ago, and your mum, Naomi. We are really sorry. Thank you. Yeah, we really do appreciate all the support that we've had um, and the kind words that we've received over the last few days. Um, it really has. It's, it's made things a little bit easier for us. Um, and yeah, again, we can't, we can't thank you enough for, for everything. Tell us about him. Would you describe him to us? Because you worked together, brothers worked together in Aura Leisure there in Navin. What kind of a fellow was he? Um, he was, and still is, uh, a hero. Um, that's really the only word that I can use to describe him. Um, he was, I think, and I'm, I'd say he was definitely more emotionally mature than his age. Um he was extremely strong. Um, he went through his hard times, of course, as everyone did through, um, through their teenage years, but he came out of it with a smile on his face and made sure that even if he was going through a rough time, he made the people around him feel positive and happy. Um, and he brought them to work with him every day. I had the, the pleasure of spending the most time with him because I got to drive him into work and drive him back from work. So a lot of my time was spent with him. And I, I can't say a single day that I spent with him that I didn't laugh and, and, and enjoy and cherish. Um he was a hero in work as well, obviously. Um, he was a lifeguard, so throughout his life he, he, he saved lives. He was a swim teacher, which, I mean, that was definitely his pride and joy. He had so much um, enjoyment from teaching the kids, got on really well with the kids. And um, he just, he, he loved spending time teaching them, helping them grow, being there for them, um, and just making sure that he helped them through any bit of fear that they had in terms of water um, and, and progressing them, and, and obviously the life-saving skill of being able to swim. He was very popular at Aura, wasn't he? I've seen the expressions of sympathy and love to him and your family as well. It's immeasurable and it just shows you how uh, the esteem he was held in by so many people and the love for him as well. When did you speak to him last, yourself? I spoke to him on um, the morning of the accident. Um, He asked if I would do something with him before I was meeting up with my girlfriend later on in the afternoon and um, we played a bit of Xbox together which we would have done most days um, and I yeah, I got to talk to him then mm. um, and I was in work with him then the day before as well um, so like the conversations that we had were positive um, and obviously if I could redo them there'd be more stuff that I'd say in them mm. but um, yeah no it was it was it was an honour to have him as a brother and to be able to speak to him every day. Yes, you were so close to him and uh, constantly in contact. I, I've often thought in my own mind when I hear stories like 
Aaron's and many people have been affected in their families and lives with the untimely passing of a young person in an accident. When you get that news, when you get that call, it's just devastating. It has to be. You were just never expecting this, were you? Uh, no. Um, to be honest, uh, obviously the first step of grief is denial and I was in denial for a little while when I got it. Um, tried to play down the news of how bad it was and obviously it wasn't until we went into the, the hospital to see him that we kind of got a bit more of a grasp but um, we kept hope and um, yeah like obviously nobody wants to receive that news but we were there for him uh, we wanted him to know that we were there for him throughout the whole the whole um, mm. incident and um, yeah like the, the news was never nice to, to receive and yeah. I hope that nobody else does have to receive it of course and hero you mentioned that word in life but in passing too, he is. Because really today what you want to talk about is this conversation you had as a family, uh, you know, Aaron included, about if if something tragic ever happened. Tell us about this. Um, yeah, so the words that we want to use to describe it is the chat. So uh, on more than one occasion where we were having dinner as a family, um, the, the, the chat would come up from my parents would instigate it, obviously, because they never... I would have thought that they'd lose myself or Aaron before before them, but they brought up the, the chat of if anything did happen to them, they would want their organs donated so that they could help others even in their passing. And Aaron made it abundantly clear, even from I think he was the earliest I remember was he was around fourteen when he first vocalised his his wishes to donate his organs if anything was to happen. And that that shows as well like the maturity that he had at fourteen to be able to think into the unthinkable and to hope that he could help um, and save lives like he did in his life and, and in passing, um, that he could save lives even in that. My God Almighty, when you think of 14 years of age and he's part of this discussion, and this is what has happened now, because he fought for life, he, he, he lived on beyond the accident, and his organs, or a number of them, have been harvested. Yeah, so he saved four lives. Um, that's the way we want to look at it. Um, he, he's, he's gone on and... I mean, he's I'm so eternally proud of him for what he's done. Um, and it is the fact that he, he had the maturity um, and he had the, the responsibility to have the chat with us beforehand because, like, obviously Aaron had vocalised his, his wishes to donate his organs if anything was to happen. But in the end, the decision came down to my parents. And if Aaron hadn't had the chat with us at the dinner table, we might not have known his wishes Um so, like, the importance of it shouldn't be a taboo conversation, it shouldn't be a taboo chat. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's exactly what it is. It's a chat um, and just making your wishes known so that if the unthinkable does happen, uh, at least you can honour the person that you've lost in, in their passing. My God Almighty. So at least four people will now be given the gift of life yeah. by Aaron. Yeah. Um, and obviously in the whole process, like, with, with the chats that we had before, we would have thought that it would have been the recipient's families that, that got hope and, and comfort from obviously receiving this gift. But as the, ourselves, as a donor family, and, and speaking for myself uh, specifically, I've gained so much hope and comfort knowing that Aaron has saved lives um, and it's, it's made this process easier. And I do want to say to any recipient family out there, and this is coming solely from me, that I hold nothing but adoration uh, and love that I had for Aaron towards their families too. My God Almighty, you are such a strong young man yourself, Adam Cantwell, I have to say, when I listen to what you have to say. And the generosity and the thoughts for others at this time when you are deeply in grief for the loss of your brother, your only brother, is... Amazing, I have to say. Simply amazing. I, I I don't think I'd have the strength to do what you're doing here with me today and, and, and the way you're speaking, to be, uh, to be honest with you. But life is given to others, and that is the message today. And with this in mind as well, you've gone even further because you want to support organ donation. Tell us what else you've done. So well, I, myself and my family can't take credit for this. This is actually one of our own. Um, lifelong friend Michael Archibald started a GoFundMe uh, in honour of Aaron and his legacy so that he'll live on um, 
and he, he wanted to give an outlet to himself and, and Aaron's other friends who I honestly I can't thank them enough for their support. Um, so for an outlet for their support, Michael started a GoFundMe page in honor of Aaron. Um, and uh, I mean the the amount that's already been raised is absolutely outstanding, and that will all be going towards organ donor donation awareness. Um, organ donor awareness week actually only started this week, which is yes. coincidental, but um, I think it. it, it it is amazing the the support that we've seen, and um, obviously all those funds go straight to organ donor awareness. And we want to raise the awareness and the the message that that we all want to send is have the chat, and like your Aaron's legacy will live on there because of that. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. So GoFundMe dot com, and the the tag on that is what GoFundMe dot com. Uh, it's under Aaron Cantwell's name. Okay, um, lovely. Lovely, that's perfect. So GoFundMe.com, Aaron Cantwell, and all funds are going towards uh, organ donation. Every single euro donated. He was, uh, you know, full of life. He had so much to give, and he's given so much in his short lifetime. I I remember uh, a priest saying one time, I was at a funeral for a young person as well, and he said, it's not the length of life, it's the time that somebody lives and what they do and what they achieve in that lifetime and we do know that Aaron lived life to the full and achieved so much. He loved his music too, didn't he? Oh he did, yeah. He he, he loved um singing and, and playing his guitar and, and spreading and that was another way that he spread joy throughout everyone. Um even if I was in a a, a, a bad patch, um the drives into work we used to sing together and, and Obviously, I'd let him have some of his solos, and that would cheer me up. Um, so yeah, he was he was very very into his music, and he loved it, and it was his passion. You're amazing, and again, I I want to uh, mention and uh, say that we're thinking of your parents, Naomi and David, at this time, yourself and all of the family. And again, we are so sorry for your enormous loss. You are wonderful people in uh, what has happened subsequently and I know you're asking now at this time for privacy aren't you for yourselves yeah so over the next few days um, we would obviously like as a family for for media privacy at the moment just with everything that, that that's going on we would like to, to to spend the next few days with just the people around us the people that have supported us um, and we would obviously respect um, media privacy um, I know there was um, it was a lot of interest in specific dates and times, but me personally, the only date and time that I want remembered for my brother is at exactly 7pm on the 20th of March 2002. <laughs> my parents gave me a hero and a little brother, and uh, he'll live on forever. So I don't want I don't want any date other than 7pm, 20th of March 2002, because that's when my life changed, and I'll never forget it. Adam, take care of yourself. Extend our sympathies again to your mum and dad. And we thank you for your bravery and wonderful words today in memory of your brother Aaron. He's gone but will never be forgotten and he lives on through others. That's the message we're all hearing today from this conversation. And I mentioned he loved his music and you do too and travelling in and out of the car and being with him. And we do know, thanks to yourself, that his favourite song was this one. From Benny King. God bless you all. Thank you for joining me, Adam. Thank you. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see no, I won't be afraid Oh, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me So darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Oh, stand Stand by me you know, Louise, on this show, I have to say, when you 
have somebody like Adam Cantwell and we're getting lovely messages there, people just heartbroken listening to him and then you have to switch to something else on the show. It's, it's not tough. easy. It's yeah. not easy and I know people may say but that's the nature of the beast uh, late lunch on LMFM radio. It's been the way all over the years. We, you know, it's yin and yang, up and down, sad and happy. And it's a, a reflection of life. And, and that's. And we were just saying about Adam, how strong was he? Oh, my. Oh, my. For a young, a young chap Unbelievable. Himself. Unbelievable, I have to say. Really touched me. Really, mm. really did. And we think of them all at this time. Just back to yesterday on a, on a lighter note. Um, Santos O'Garro, we were talking mm-hmm. to ourselves and, and, and our friend about, you know, the 10 euro challenge to live on for seven days. The one which, you're about uh, to go on? Don't be reminding me of this. Will you please just let that slip for a moment? Anyway, you heard when she mentioned, I did come back to her and she said she, she was looking for bananas. She could only get one in Tesco. Mm-hmm. And I told her, and this is a fact, in Ireland every day, we consume 8 million bananas a day. That's crazy. In this little country of ours. That is a fact. Do you like bananas yourself? Love bananas. So do I. Mm. I'd mean, I say I eat a banana every single day. I really do. Can I ask you a question? Do, do, it, yeah, and I think it's a, it's 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 wrapped up for you in a little package. I ask you this: What way do you open your banana? Banana is it from the end that's connected to the to the tree or the, or the branch of the tree with the banana, the bunch where it grows, yeah. or the pointy end down at the tip? You know, the end of the banana, yeah. tip of the banana, or the top where it joins the branch? Where do you open your banana? Top where it joins the branch. Wrong. Why? Seamus Farley showed me this years ago. Seamus Farley stopped me one morning with me banana and said, whoa, whoa, Jerry, whoa. <laughs> You're doing all wrong there. And uh, yeah, I can imagine that conversation. actually right. Seamus was 100% right. You should open the banana from the pointy end of the banana by squeezing on the point and the skin just opens four ways. Squeeze on, on, on the bottom? Yes, on the on the pointy the, the tip other of the point banana. That you yes, want. not the not the end at the top of the thick where it joins the bunch of bananas or whatever. At the pointed end of the banana. Just okay. squeeze it on the and it four ways it opens and really? you can just peel it out. Because as Seamus says, if you watch monkeys eating bananas, yeah. that's the way they open them from that end and you'll see them holding the, the thick end. Look ah, now think yeah. about it. Think about I would it. Well, squishy. No, 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 not at all. So there you are, me, you and probably 7.999 million others of that 8 million in Ireland have been opening the bananas the wrong way for years and years. So just a little tip on the banana. Try it. It does work. Now, another question for you. Spotty bananas. Which? Spotty bananas. This is what I was going to ask you. Mm. How do you like your banana? Green, semi-green, yellow, turning a little or covered in spots and brown? Um... Not obviously too covered in spots, but covered in spots and brown, it's much easier to digest. So you let it ripen. Mm-hmm. It's mm. better for you, for your digestive system, the whole lot. Yeah, I like them sort of nice and yellow, not heading in that direction, not in the green, not in the yellowy green, but just nice as they are. And you're right, if they're too fresh, they're harder to mm. eat. They dry the, the amount dries up at them as well, so it does. And then on the other hand, if you let them go all the way... Do you ever, banana oh, bread. Golfers, golfers. Ask golfers about bananas because golfers bring bananas, you know, quick mm. snack out and uh, drink with them out playing golf, maybe a little bar. So many golfers leave bananas in oh, their bags. Yeah. I've left them in the bag oh, for yeah. months and then you arrive and, oh my God, such a mess it is when you leave them in the bag and forget all about them. I did that. Uh, was it last month I came across my son's bag. He'd obviously <laughs> gone somewhere on a trip or something. And I said right, I've got to oh. clean out this. So there was the socks oh, and stop. the bottom. Oh. The banana was just furry. It just goes Pure fur. <laughs> it does. I threw out the bag and everything. Right, so you mentioned banana bread. Any, way you, any other way you like banana? I love bananas sliced on cornflakes with nice fresh milk in the morning for or my honey. breakfast. Uh, yeah, or, or, or on porridge. I like a sliced banana. But you know what I love? You know what I adore, Louise? A banana fritter. That's a banana fritter. Deep fried banana in batter with a syrup on it. You used to get it. The Chinese restaurants don't seem to do them now. I don't know why. But you know the famous Chinese in Navin? Oh yes, China Garden. Yeah, China Garden. 
best banana fritters ever. We used to do them deep fry the banana in a little light batter and a lovely uh, glaze or a little uh, what do you call it um, sweet what would you call that sweet on the top of it oh, I can't a honey or syrup or something a syrup a syrup you have it a syrup on the top of it all banana fritters and your oh. mind any day of the week anyway you're at late lunch on this Thursday afternoon we're going bananas coming up after two world record store day tomorrow and Neil Waters from Classified Records is with us I think this is a, a an annual date we have uh, myself and my next guest because you see World Record Store Day is happening this Saturday and it's been a want for a number of years to be joined by one of the few independent record store owners in this country and he's in Dundalk and I'm delighted to say hello again to Neil Waters from Classified Records. Hello Neil. Hi Jerry. Great to have you with me. It is a regular now with us on the show every year ahead of this day and this year, thank God, uh, an awful lot of the shackles are off when we spoke in the past. Of course, the restrictions were in. So are you expecting to be in undaunted? Uh, well, Jerry, always thanks for having us on your show. It's nice to be uh, uh, appearing on your show every now and again. We do enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know, things have changed. We, we do emphasise with the current state of affairs out there uh, life is very different from two years ago. Mm. And we know it's tough out there for people and we understand that retail shopping mightn't be top of your priority list at the minute. We get that. You know, people are trying to do more with a lot less these days. So even as a business owner, I fully understand that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making forecasts or predictions for the year ahead because we're glad just to be there and be mm. opening. Uh, we're seven years old now. Wow. We, you know, we're old enough to keep it on the rails Yes. But it's, it, it, I'm not going to lie, it's very difficult for everybody. Business owners are just general yeah. for everybody. Um, but, you know, I think Saturday gives us a chance to actually celebrate the important cultural phenomenon that's records, that's music, collecting records, buying records, talking about records. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have this in Dundalk and it's our seventh record store day. That's great. Uh, and uh, fair use to you, Neil, for your honesty as well and that acknowledgement that there are tough times. And th- it's all round for sure. But my God, is in music and records and back to the vinyl. It's just escapism from, you know, the tough uh, aspects of life today, Neil. Well, music's, music's exactly that, Jerry. I mean, it's a wonderful gift to have in your fingertips or have in your ears. You don't have to be a classical guitar player to know or enjoy music at the same level as somebody who'll never play an instrument. Their their ears are just as finely attuned. And um, owning a record shop, you can see all the different walks of life, uh, people who are musicians, non-musicians, people that go to gigs or don't. And we all share music mm. um, deep in our souls, if you like. Yeah. It's art and it does resonate deeply with people. Oh, look, and I'll tell you, Neil, I don't care what anyone says about streaming or anything like that. That's fantastic and good luck to it. But to have the album, oh, my God, in your hand, to hold it with the cover, to play it on the deck, as you know, which I've uh, a deck and I've, I, I had a series here on the show called, uh, you know, uh, the, the, my records from the attic. I took them down and played them again. I've been down with you when I could down to you. But there's nothing to beat going into a store, Neil, and leafing through those albums there is a bit of magic in that obviously yeah there always has been it's like a bookstore mm. um, I think shops like ours are called destination shops Yeah, and you're going to a shop like ours for a reason you've got it in your mind to buy a record or to at least, at least look and yeah shops like ours are just that you know and I try and fill the shelves with that in mind I'm mm. very, I do my figures and I know many records we've sold in different types so in the seven years we have to constantly try and keep our selections fresh and yet still have the must-haves there because, uh, as I say, every walk of life comes into the shop. Mm. Um, and we're a small shop, but we do have, we do focus on having a big selection of music yeah. at all times. And, and do you, Neil, you know, uh, I know you're very good and that's your, you're a great salesman and you're into this big time yourself and your connection with customers is wonderful. Are you meeting those people who are coming back to the genre of vinyl, who've maybe discovered it for the first time? Yeah, and they're bringing their kids with them, mm. and their kids are buying records, or the kids are listening. You know, it's a. That's why it's not. You know, this word phenomenon gets thrown around, but when something's lasted that long, I mean, go back to long before your day, Jerry, the pop charts and things like that. Even before yeah. they were invented, you know, music was always held in high esteem, and 
It just has a, it, I, I, there's a thing where you did, uh, you can unlock the magic of music. It's like a hieroglyph. If you understand what it says, you get it. Music is a wee bit like that in its art form because you do have to invest time. Records are a great thing to invest time with because once you buy it, you have it for life. You look after it and it will last. It'll last longer than most things you buy for 30 quid. <laughs> It'll last longer than ourselves in our human form right. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, it will. That's <laughs> mostly just talking about us, Jerry, and all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Neil, on this day, of course, there are special releases, and you mentioned there you you have to stock the standards and uh, the ones that people come in for all the time. Give us a flavour for a couple of the special releases, the biggies you believe are are coming out for this day to mark Saturday. Yeah, a, a certain bands always release a record specifically in record store. Day, you two being one. Uh, there's a lovely Phil Linnett record this year. There's a lovely Nick Cave Lives. There's a Lou Reed demo record, which is awesome. Um, you know, there's a big selection of stuff. There's some great soundtracks that wouldn't normally be available or out. Um, you know, there's just peculiar releases from different bands, and there's a bit there for everybody. Like, granted, this is the 15th year of Record Store Day, and the list isn't as strong as it used to be. In fact, it's getting weaker every year. And honestly... They, what they could do was reboot the whole thing and do the first year's list again and just mm. start it again. Because honestly, 15 years ago, nobody really knew about Record Store Day, even 10 years ago. Yeah. We've been doing seven of them, and it's really taken off in that second half of its life. But the, the list, the key is the music needs to be good, the list needs to be strong, because the prices are a couple of quid dearer than normal, but as long as it's a desirable record, you'll pay the figure for it, because what's the phrase... You know, the the true price of something is what you're willing to pay for it. Mm. That's so, so true. And and I was looking myself, I see someone who I admire, and she's had a string of hits, of course. Mariah Carey's yeah. Ones, that album, is also out, isn't it, for this weekend? Well, the bad news is I'd ordered that, but we didn't get it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, that's again, that, yeah, and quite a few customers were looking for that one because it's a rare record. It's never, it's not in circulation. It's a unique uh, chance to get it on, on wax. But it was only printed in, like, I think it was only two and a half thousand made worldwide. We couldn't get ours. Oh That's the nature of the day. So don't come to me on, on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have to go to Tower Records without one. Ah, there you go. This one just caught my attention. I have it on CD at home, but I was thinking to myself, I'd love to have that on vinyl. But there you are. The demand for, man for it is big. Keep an eye out for it for me, will you? If you ever come across it. Anyway, keep keep me in mind. There's a question from a listener. Does Neil ever think that the Walkman or CD man or that, uh, like the vinyl, will ever make a, 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 a reappearance or a revival? That's a funny one. I'm just about to, weirdly, just about to do a story on the Walkman on our Instagram page or social media. Um, I was looking into it recently. It, it could do, but the problem is if someone's manufacturing them, yeah. yes. Mm. The problem why tapes haven't exploded back into life is because nobody's manufacturing a tape deck. Right. Yeah. Now, people, there's dozens of manufacturers making turntables, mm. which obviously feeds into the... Uh, prosperity of records but it's that's why tapes haven't exploded now Sony or Philips would probably put out some high end beautiful looking Walkman but it's going to cost a thousand quid because it's falling now into the niche uh, yes. uh, best book category artisan and they should be mass produced but yeah we need someone to mass produce tapes and players for Walkmans to come back. Okay. So maybe, I mean, maybe people say to me every day, what will I do with my CD or my tape collection? I'm going to keep them. Mm. Box them up and if, if the internet ever drops, you still have a music collection in the box upstairs. You've spent so a lot of money on it. True. Don't give it away. Yes, Neil. Mm. So, so true. Neil, comes full circle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you like, watch this space. For Neil Waters, the man who knows more than most, if I was to say to you this World Record Store Day, come on, put you on the spot. What are you, if you were to pick one, if I restricted you to one on the day that's coming out, which one would it be? Scott Walker. Right. The one I want. It's the greatest hits of Scott Walker. Never been out on record before. Triple disc. Love his voice. Mm. Um, hope, hopefully I'll get one. <laughs> you, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. You deserve it, Neil Waters. If anyone does, you, you do. Anyway, what's the story with Classified? Uh, tell us the drill for, for Saturday. 
Yeah, well, we've got a, uh, we've lots of tasting selections arrived. We've also held back quite a lot of new editions, records we couldn't get between now and Christmas are in, and we've been holding them back, so they're all gone out. Got some new additions to the local music section, Jinx Lennon and Pork Pie. Um, we've got a lovely little section of pre-owned records, which we've recently purchased. They're going out Saturday. And, you know, we've got some lovely summary music bouncing off our turntables. Uh, you know, it's going to be a nice vibe in the shop. It's a small shop, but we're going to make it bigger than it seems, obviously, on the day. And as I said, bearing everything in mind, Jerry, we're just going to, we're not going to over-celebrate or overcook it. We're just we're just going to let everyone know we're there. And if you want to come up on Saturday, you know where we are. Yes, right in the heart of Dundalk there, on yeah. the mall. And it is like the TARDIS. When you go in, it's bigger than you expect. I can assure you of that. Now, in conjunction with Classified Records in Dundalk and World Records Store Day, you have a lovely giveaway. Tell us what you're giving one of our listeners today. We do. We're offering a free copy, brand new copy, shop sealed brand new of Dexie's Midnight Runners debut album. Wow. Called Searching for the Young Soul Rebels. Come out and just, I, the reason I did it was could come out this day in April 1980. There you go. There you go. So it's a classic. It's from Dexie's Midnight Runners and it's for one of you. And before Neil leaves us, here's my question to win Dexie's. Okay. Uh, Dexie's Midnight Runners the song you're going to hear now we're going to play it in a second from Dexie's I want to know what year was it released was it released in 81, 82 or 83 81, 82 or 83 to 086, 1800, 658 with your answer the song is on the turnstiles give it a spin Miss Walsh there as we say goodbye to the wonderful Neil Waters and wish him well at Classified for World Record Store Day on Saturday. Thank you so much for joining me again this time around, Neil. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. Ah, simply magical, isn't it? Come on, Eileen. From Dexie's Midnight Runners and Neil Waters from Classified Records in Dundalk wants to give one of you a copy of their 1980 album, which has been released for World Record Store Day this Saturday. And the question is about that song. Come on, Eileen. In what year was that song released? 1981, 1982, 1983. Number one in America, number one in the UK, Ireland and all over Europe and elsewhere in the world. A massive, massive hit. What year was it released? 086-1800-658 for your answers and we'll pick somebody before the end of the show. Still to come on Late Lunch this afternoon. Yes, my soundtrack is coming up. We have a local author. Our first novel is out and it's been received very, very well indeed. And more besides, coming your way. Stay with us on LMFM Radio. Louise, you're bopping away there too. Come on, Eileen. It's a real floor boxer song, it isn't, is, it? isn't it? It is, It really got you going. It mm. certainly did. And I'll tell you what else got are going today. It's the jeans. You see, yeah. it's all in the jeans today. <laughs> see, I've gone back 20 years. That's why I'm kind of Lisa so Smith. Lisa Smith was speaking to us yesterday all about fashion and she mentioned the trends in jeans and now Louise you said I I have the flares from years ago and you're uh-huh. in a pair today well these are more kind of mm, they're not they're not flares flares really I have flares but then I took them off the hangers <laughs> this morning I went through my wardrobe one two three four five pairs but some of them need to be ironed because they're like over a hanger for the last 20 years <laughs> and need to be washed so I will wear them but these these are just a little bit wider legged I Louise, more boot cut than Louise, Louise, no, 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 stop, please. Don't come in in them other things. I am. No, please don't. I am. I'll be horrified. <laughs> they're, they're real Charlie's Angels. Oh my God almighty. They're perfect that you have on you, those flares. They, they're wide enough at the bottom. Don't, <laughs> please don't. If you, I have to. When I tell you, if they're wider if than the, that. The, the wind gets no, me. No, no. the wind gets me. Fawcett Circus will be looking for you because each leg would be a big top <laughs> no, to be the, honest with you. If they're that wide. Holy God. Fawcett Centre. Fawcett Circus has already declined <laughs> me. They sent me packing. Tell <laughs> me this. How, how, roughly speaking, what, what age would the, those jeans be? The ones I've on me? Yeah. Mm, about 18 years. There old. you go. And may Maybe. I say, they, 
you're, you're, you're really taught, I'd say, many people a lesson in, in holding on and the way yeah. trends come around. There you go. And De- decluttering. You don't have to declutter and here's, everything. Here's the other thing now. I, I'm being a gentleman here, but I will ask you. They fit you. They fit, well, when I say they fit me, I have kind of a baggy jumper on and um, if I pull <laughs> in my belly anymore, my face will turn blue. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> mind her at all. They do, but seriously, they, they, they do fit you. They like, fit it, me. That's, mm. Isn't that fantastic yeah. too? And I haven't Double shrunk there. over the years either. <laughs> that's the main thing. <laughs> but there you go. It does it does show you as well, you know, the, the, the world is throwaway fashion with a lot of things. You know that yourself. And yeah, but I think there's a lot like me. Like, who would, hold on. Yeah. What mm. would the oldest thing in your wardrobe be Jerry that you still wear I don't oh. I, or or like me you hold on but you still like to wear not not that you just you know you have a t-shirt from U2 concert that you bought in 80 that's in your wardrobe because you wouldn't part with it just and I you know something in your wardrobe that you know you're going to wear I again. have now that you say it I, I'd say most things are within the last 24 months are they oh yeah uh, because I sort of when I get fed up with things I turn them over and I donate them to charity but I have a t-shirt I got in Alaska, Cooper Landing in Alaska, when we were there. Now, it's 11 years ago at this stage. We were to go, as you know, during the pandemic and it was all mm. up in the air and cancelled to go back on the 10th anniversary. But that's 11 years ago. And it's a real bright yellow with ready mad stuff in it, you know. Uh, and, and I just love colours. You know me, yeah, I'm yeah. attracted to colours. I buy with my eye. I, I do when I see things. And I, I love bright colours, as Lisa was saying yesterday. That would be probably the oldest I have that I wear. You understand mm-hmm. that I wear mm-hmm. now and again. But, you know, after that, no, fairly recent. Wouldn't be in your league at all. No. Wouldn't be in your league at Tomorrow all. Tomorrow I'm going to wear in those flares that you don't want don't. me to wear in. And I'm also going to wear <laughs> in a hoodie that I have... <laughs> I think I got when I was for, as a present when I was 27 and that's not yesterday. In case you're wondering who you're listening to or where you are in this world, you're with the Vintage Fashion Crew on that LMFM Radio. That is the most Radio. trendy. <laughs> that is the most trendy. That is true. That, that is, is true. now the most trendy. It comes round. What goes round comes round. That is for sure. Well done to you. Oh my God, I'm wearing the dark glasses tomorrow for sure. I promise you. <laughs> Niall Carroll and Karen McAdam are an amazing couple. Back in 2020 during COVID, COVID, Cara, who's a biology teacher, was diagnosed with breast cancer and subsequently underwent chemotherapy treatment and radiation uh, through the lockdown, which couldn't have been easy. And, you know, to deal with that as a family with their children is one thing. But then to decide to set up a fundraiser for Breast Cancer Ireland. Well, it's remarkable. And when I tell you that they have at this stage raised over, listen to this, I should have a drum roll, three million euro for Breast Cancer Ireland. Well, what more do I need to say? Niall Carroll, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Not at all. This is just simply unprecedented. Tell us about this 100k in 30 days. This is where it all began, this idea you got. Yeah, the idea started in, in BlackRock around 2012 when we just started a, a bit of a running group that uh, for people, anybody who wanted to get involved to take a chance, take on a challenge. Um, we started this uh, 100k in 30 days mm. where people would text me or email me what they've done during the month of June. And it was for a bit of fun um, and to spur people on and give people a little bit of a challenge because... It is a challenge um, to do 100k in the 30 days because it's only three kilometres a day. But then you miss one day, now you're 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 six kilometres behind. Yeah. Then you're, you're away for a weekend, and now you have a challenge in your hands, and other people are getting are getting ahead of you. And so it is a challenge, and so and it, but it's an achievable challenge. It is indeed, and so many people have uh, taken uh, to it. 36 countries, 38,000 people. Nile, incredible. Yeah, we're delighted how it's gone and, and has gone worldwide and so proud of the fact that something that started so in small here has, has grown national and international. And, you know, the money is really being steered into, you know, getting to grips with this issue all around breast cancer. Clinical trial, a clinical state-of-the-art clinical trial centre in Beaumont Hospital, research nurses, further cancer research and other things besides. It really has been targeted. It is indeed. And unfortunately, breast cancer is 
affects um, nearly everybody in, in a community across the country. Um, like it affects one in nine women, one in one thousand men, and we all know somebody across the country that is um, suffering from this or is affected by this. And that's why uh, the amazing funds that we have raised by the Pink Army um, have gone to these um, very important research trials. And uh, one, one of the trials actually called the Shamrock Trial. Mm. We had a meeting with Professor Arnie Hill uh, on Tuesday uh, this week where he was explaining to us uh, what, what it's about and what's happening. And it's so um, positive, this trial, and the, the effect of, uh, or the, the outcomes are so positive about the outcomes that if, if Cara, my wife, um, had her breast cancer now, she wouldn't have to go through surgery. She wouldn't have to go through chemo. Uh, she would just be on this trial and wouldn't have had to lose her hair like she did. Uh, and it would have been a much less evasive process for her. So we're delighted to be able to um, uh, give funds to these trials that are making real, um, changing lives and, and having a real effect for, for people who are going through this disease. Well done to you. That is uh, an amazing development. It really, really is, and significant. And, and and you know this because you're deeply involved with it. Still, only 34% of Irish women over 18, and this is a fact, uh, check their breasts once a month as advised. Uh, 44% only do it when they remember to do so, and less regularly. And some don't really bother at all. The message is you must check, Niall. Yeah, check it and, and check check every every month. Like one of the main reasons Cara checked herself was because she's seen uh, a friend of ours from BlackRock called Donna Farrell. She uh, unfortunately was going through breast cancer treatment, and she was banging on social media every month. Uh, uh, feel on the first, check on the first, and um, so Cara found a lump um, when she she was inspired by what Donna was was campaigning about. Mm. And um, early detection is absolutely key. Like when Cara was found, she was found really early. Um, it was uh, late stage one when she was found and a very, very positive outcome for her. And if, if um, that can be the same for everybody else that is potentially going to go through this, well, then um, the, it'll be a, a much easier process to go through. So definitely early detection and, and constant checking is key. Now, what about the 100k in 30 days this year? And you can check it out, folks, 100k in 30 days.ie. All the information is there. When, it's ha- when is it happening and uh, how can people join in and support you this time round? So it's taking part on the 1st uh, to the 30th of June. Registration opens today. We've had already over 1,000 people registered to take part. Um, and uh, what you do is you go onto the website, you click, click, uh, register now you fill out a, the registration process there is very simple to use um, and you can uh, register yourself or your family members we have a special discounted rate for families uh, to take part and it, it's a very seamless process there we have a new app this year as well which people can download to use after they have registered uh, and it will make uh, the taking part in the event a lot easier and, and fundraising a lot easier as well because look that's why we're here we're here to raise funds for breast cancer Ireland and and our, we've two kind of key goals. One, one of the goals is to get as many people to register to take part in the event initially, and then after that to raise funds. And traditionally, about 30 to 35% of people that take part in the event will, will fundraise, which we are so thankful for. Mm. Um, so we'll be just happy if, if more people can fundraise also. It's an amazing amount of money. Now, I'm sure when you started this yourself and Cara, you never expected the colour of it, did you? We never expected, like, our goal was to raise, to get about a 1,000 people involved and raise 50,000 euros. And yeah. we thought that would be, mm. that's, it's an achievable goal, but it, it's massive. And we've a lot of work to do to get there. And in, I remember May, May 15th, 2020, when we decided, right, we're going to do this. Um, it's, it's happening in two weeks. How do we get the word out there? Um, back in lockdown and... Uh, People were all had to stay in the 5K bubbles. What are we going to do? How are we going to get the word out there? So social media was key to us and, yeah. and radio was key to us. So it's, it's great that you're, you're spreading the word here today. Um, but yeah, the, the, the money is just phenomenal and, and we're hoping to add to it significantly this year. Yes, and it will benefit so many. There are people listening today and their families will only realise down the road how uh, this fundraising research and all that's going on around this will be of massive assistance to people uh, down the line as well. But the message is check, 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 as you said yourself, Niall. And Cara's doing well. I know she was to join us today, but she's otherwise uh, occupied. And we say hello to her. She's doing great. 
She she's doing great. Yeah, she's gone back to school um, part time last September, and she's going to go back full time now this September in the Dallas Island on Dock. And she yeah she's doing fantastic. So it is definitely a positive story from uh, a positive outcome from her uh, diagnosis and journey through breast cancer. Fantastic. Well, listen, you're uh, to be admired. What you've done is simply, I say it again, outstanding, remarkable. I could just keep using uh, the words of praise, but well done to both you and everybody who takes part. And just again, registration open today for the month of June when it happens. www.100kin30days.ie. Register and away you go. Wish you all well. Thanks for joining me, Niall. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for taking part. Take care of yourself. That's the wonderful Niall Carroll there joining us from Black Rock and County Louth. And they have done remarkable. They really have. Over 50 years in business, 57 people out of work. What am I talking about? The big fire in Trim on Tuesday evening at Timeless Sash Windows. And joining me is the owner, Barry Callahan. Hello, Barry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Barry, I'm sorry for your troubles. I say it again. My God, I was watching the pictures people were posting as the fire uh, was happening and it was just something else to behold. My God, Barry, devastation for you. Yeah, a tough, tough night, Jerry. Not something we were prepared for or expected. Um, But while the fire was blazing, while while it was surreal and tough watching it, there was a bit of comfort knowing that everyone was safe and nobody was was caught inside the building, you know. And uh, that was our first thought, you know, to make sure there's nobody there, nobody was working late. Mm. So uh, we had to put it in perspective in in that sense, you know, uh, um, that that everybody is in in one piece and nobody got injured or or seriously hurt. It's a... an admirable way to look at it as well because you're right loss of life is the number one concern then bricks and mortar and contents well the loss is huge but look uh, there is hope and always hope even in these desperate times what about your dad Jerry, who set it up over 50 years ago I know your brother Pierce is involved as well and all of the family and by God I don't tell you Barry uh, he's and you've seen tough times over half a century yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a hard night, a hard night for for, for my father and, and mother and and all Pierce as well. Uh, looking at uh, in one sense of fifty years hard graft, um, going up in smoke and feeling so helpless, helpless when you watch that happen. Uh, it was it was very very tough, very tough watching it. But um, that you know uh, you have to try and, and move on from that that point as. As raw as it feels, and uh, that night and the next day, I suppose I'd equate a little bit. You're, you're, you're falling into a hole, and um, until you hit the bottom, you can't you can't try and get out of it. You know, so it felt like that. It felt helpless, you know. But um, yeah, we were very. I'm very lucky with with the family I have, the parents I have, um, the the brothers and sisters I have, my wife and 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 children. You know, and mm. it it means an awful lot. You know, we 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 stick together. <laughs> You know, you see when pressure comes on, the cracks can start to appear. You know, the bit of pressure comes on, generally, generally we get closer and, and, and pull together. You know, so it's it's uh, it certainly won't have any impact in, in terms of that on the family. It's really good to hear. Now, 57 people, as I mentioned, working for you. And, of course, uh, the work you produced, renowned, skilled, artisan stuff. I'll I, I point people to Colleen Castle. You did the windows there, didn't you? Yeah, that's 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 a while ago now up in Killeen, yeah. Uh, again it's uh, one of the bigger projects we did locally. Um yeah, uh, around the country there. Recently done job in Westport House, we've done some work in Ashford Castle. Yeah, we've worked worked in many many great homes. We're very lucky. Some of the homes, some of the buildings we get to work in and uh, really the the company while while it's a family business it, it the the quality of work is about the people that we have working you know mm. and uh, the loyalty and skill and the care they take in the work and uh, you know they all gathered around there on Tuesday night uh, they were there yesterday to help tidy up the outside some of them stayed over last night just to mind the building because it wasn't safe to keep an eye that nobody nobody just from a security point of view and all of that without without any anyone asking them to do it, and all just because they wanted to help, and the mm. part of the story, and and they're as much impacted there there themselves 
their families and, and they're devastated at the moment as well because they've put the hard work into this as well, you know, to, to create the reputation and brand and the products that we have. So, Barry, it's early doors, as we know, and, uh, you know, the dust is still settling and I'm sure you're gathering your thoughts. What, what do you see happening or do you know at this stage, even in the short to medium term, and have you a long term view on this? Uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to put a strategy in place and obviously we have to have a very short term view. We have to probably a short to medium term and then we have the longer term view, you know, but for the start mind is, you know, the business we're going to, we're going to continue. I said, uh, with all the, the good staff we have, the customers, the suppliers, you know, even, even a lot of our competitors, the support that's been out there and so many people willing to help, you know, it's just mm. really has been heartwarming, you know, and it's, uh, you know, to, just to see the appreciation out there and, and the amount of people that, that, you know, were willing to help and willing to do anything they could do, small or big. You know, it really was humbling, really, you know. Yes. And, uh, you know, we are, it's an old saying, but every cloud is a silver lining to just to see the really the good in people that are, and so many contacts over the, over the last number of days. It's been uh, really, really upset, uplifting. Yeah, look, but in, in principle, we're, we're going to keep the business going. Uh, you know, that's not going to be easy over the next few weeks, you know, with the type of products we do. We need a lot of machinery. We need a premises fit for purpose. So we'll we'll have to think on our feet. We'll have to be smart. We'll have to be agile. You know, we won't have a perfect solution. But, you know, out of every, for every problem, there's a solution. You know, there's always a road. Yes. There's always a pathway. And uh, we're pretty determined to find that pathway and uh, see, see where that takes us, you know. But... Uh, we don't intend this to be the last chapter in, in, in the business. Any oh, that's today. great to hear, Barry. It really is great to hear and it's heartening. And look, good luck to you. And it's wonderful to hear everybody pulling together, which happens at times like these. Rivalries and, and competition is put aside because everybody feels for you, your family and all those 57 people who work for Timeless Sash Windows. A new chapter yeah. opens from today onwards. We wish you well. Thank you for joining us, Barry. And this song is teed up. I have it ready for you. This is for you and the business because I think it sums up the Callahans. Here we go. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Barry. Take care. My soundtrack uh, this week comes from the movie and stage show Grease. The stage show happened first, followed by the movie. And of course, John Travolta played Danny Zuko. And Travolta had previously appeared in the touring stage version of Grease. I'd say that gave him a leg up for the part. And of course, he'd made his mark in Saturday Night Fever, big hit movie too. However, Olivia Newton-John, his co-star who played Sandy Olsen, was best known as a pop and country singer with little or no acting experience. And a number of other women were considered for the lead female role, including, listen to this, Marie Osmond of Osmond fame, yes, who turned down the part late on. Newton John accepted, but only after she did a screen test at her own insistence, and then she settled for a lesser fee because she wanted to play the lead role and it did her no harm indeed. Most of the filming for Greece took place in California during the 
Haiti, Haiti summer of 1977. And as I told you earlier in the week, uh, as the album came out before the movie in late 78, the songs became hits. And so the appetite to see Greece was immense. Today, from the soundtrack, let's spin this one from the one and only Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John from the movie Grease, or as we used to call her, Olivia Keep Them On and John Revolting. That's what we knew the mass when the movie came out. <laughs> anyway, I probably shouldn't say that, but sure it's said now and it's history, as they say. I'll be part of cancel culture because of stuff like that. I will in my neck be part of it, I promise you. Anyway, uh, it's still to come on Late Lunch this afternoon after a final break of the day. My next guest is from Oldcastle in County Mead. She's a former journalist with the Mead Chronicle and the Sunday World and her much-anticipated first novel is published tomorrow. Brona Curran is with me next. Her first novel is published tomorrow. She's a local lady from Oldcastle in County Mead and it is much anticipated and some of the uh, tributes already in the uh, pre-published copies are very, very glowing. In particular, one from Sam Blake, famous author, who describes Brona Curran as a talent to watch. And that talent to watch, we listen to her now for a while. Afternoon, Brona. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Anyway, the inspiration for this book is in itself intriguing. Tell our listeners where you got the idea from. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of jobs in my life. And a couple of years ago, I was working as a senator's assistant in Leinster House. And um, I was in the main building there and I had a kind of a, a, an overview of the square, you know, where the, on Kildare Street, where the yes. statue of William Cunningham is. And it was in October of that year, there was all the, um, the Extinction Rebellion protesters were there on a regular basis. I think it was every Friday for a couple of months. So I used to watch them. Um, gathering around there and there were all these young people with so much energy and, and so much enthusiasm for, for affecting change and I just was thinking my god I was never like that when I was their age like when I was their age I was very much insular and thinking about what I can do for myself as opposed to others or the world and I just thought like there's so much goodness there and but with that there's also a lot of naivety and what if somebody came along and harnessed that in the wrong direction mm. you know like they like when when you're that passionate about something i feel it can be very you could also be quite easily influenced by someone who promises you that they are going to help you achieve your goals yes. so, so that's where the idea of the story came from that somebody who really has good intentions but through their own kind of lack of of self-esteem or self-worth that they get kind of pulled in a, a not so mm. favourable direction. It's a very interesting theme and concept, I have to say, and you develop it uh, so cleverly and brilliantly through Maeve Daly, who's the central character here, uh, the young person who's probably led a sheltered life outside the city with a, a young mum herself, really a mum who she probably regarded more to, as a sister than a mum. Mm. Exactly, because her her mother had had her when she was fifteen, and that's kind of a backstory um, about you know the kind of that old Ireland where it was teenage girls were involved with older men, and it wasn't really a thing that was even frowned upon. It was just kind of the you know just overlooked, mm. and how she was kind of vilified for that for for having a baby, um, and so this and then it was living growing up in that town under the under the shadow of her parentage, kind of gave Maeve that resentment as well and that she that she's always searching for something else somewhere else that she can fit in somewhere she can call home and I think in the leader of the, the, the eco the eco-activist group that she joins the clan um, her name is Ferdia Cusack and she 
she really gives her everything she needs in terms of a mother figure and as this hero that she wants to worship and emulate. Mm, she gives her the oxygen, so to speak. You mm. know what I mean? That she's, She craves and is looking for in her innocence. You know what I mean? She's she's young and, and she's raw as well. But, you know, that's that's uh, something that has happened, I'm sure, to many uh, through the years. And, and you've uh, latched onto it here and woven it again into this story. Um, you know, she really sort of leaves one family where she's closeted and joins another a totally different type of family mm, yeah and they're like a very a very mixed up group like they've all they've all gravitated towards this person Ferdia who's a woman in her late 30s and she's got this kind of three story house in Donnybrook that's been left to her by her, her grandmother and she's brought in all these misfits you know these kind of lost people um, and they they kind of they're very indebted to her emotionally because like she's not charging them rent she's and they will really do anything for her. So it's all about the power that she wields and how it's kind of masked as being altruistic and caring, but there's a much darker truth behind it and what she really wants from these people. And you do publish tomorrow. I'm delighted you're with me today, the day before the book is actually coming out. I mentioned there, there are some lovely words, uh, uh, people who've had the, the advanced copy and have read it as well. Your first effort, you must be pleased. Yes, yeah, very pleased. It's actually it's my first adult novel, but I've yes. actually written a few novels yes. for, for for teenagers, and yeah. I had a I had one published in the Netherlands back in two thousand and sixteen. So that was a unique experience. It was very it was very bizarre because having the book translated and everything. Um, so it was nice to have that little bit of success. But it, it's so much different to have it in your own country, in your own language, and to be able to share that with your family and friends who've been who've been with me, you know, for the past ten years with all the all the. Um, all the, you know, all the, all the nearly misses and, you know, the, the, when you, I've come so close before to being published. So mm. really, it's just testament to if you love writing and you really feel like you have a story to tell, don't give up. You know, yes, that, your that, time will come. Yeah, that young adult book you mentioned, The Path of Totality uh, mm. was its name and it was picked up and published. The the publisher this time is Dog Books here in Ireland. Was it difficult as a first timer with, the, you know, an adult novel to, to, to get a publisher? Very difficult, yeah. Um, it's very difficult as well when you don't have an agent, and I sadly don't have an agent at the moment. Um, so a lot of the big houses won't even read your work unless you have an agent. So that's why it's so important that we do have indie presses. Um, you know, they're few and far between, but they will read your work, and they will, you know, you'll get the same shot as, as anybody else. So, yeah, so it's, I'm very grateful to them. And as well, because they're indie, they weren't so so caught up in the what genre the book was, you know. And um, so I didn't really have to pigeonhole it because some might say it's a young adult because Maeve is 18 and some might say that it's a thriller or it's a domestic or a psych- psychological thriller. But they didn't really, it wasn't so much their focus as to what the genre was, just mm. that they liked the story, they wanted, wanted to run with it. Now, you launch tomorrow in Dublin? So the publication day is tomorrow, so the book will be, all the pre-orders will be out and it'll start to trickle into the shops, but the actual official launch is in Hodges Figgis on May the 3rd. Okay, so sorry, I beg your pardon. So it, it's out tomorrow, May the 3rd in Hodges Figgis. And I know you're reading uh, as well. I know you're uh, with uh, Irene in Academy Books. When yes, is that? So- so it's actually my first event is with Irene and that is on the 30th of April at 2 o'clock in Academy Books in Drogheda. On the south side of Drogheda. Then I see you're in Oldcastle, aren't you as well? Yes, I'm going to my local library there in Oldcastle on the 19th of May um, to do, I think it's about 6 o'clock there as well, to do a reading and find some books if anybody wants to bring them along. And Antonius. Antonius, unfortunately, the event has been cancelled oh. in Antonius, but I should be popping in soon to find some copies for okay, her. Okay, grand. That's okay. But the book will be available there. So the book will be available across the northeast in bookshops from tomorrow on, trickling out exactly. there. That's it, Jerry. I wish you well with it. Uh, you know, it's it's your first, and as I say again, it's been well received. Good luck with it, and hopefully this is the first of many for you, Brona. Thank you so much, Jerry. Not at all. Thank you for joining me on the show. Take care of yourself. That's Brona Curran there from Oldcastle. The book is called The Good 
activist and a story and a half it is, I have to say. That's our lot on Late Lunch for this Thursday afternoon. Tomorrow, Bev Truss is with us. Yes, she knows all about hedgehogs. Delphine Coudry will be here. We're talking animation. David Sheehan looks ahead to the weekend in sport. We have our TV theme competition and we'll bring you your comedy on Friday and much more besides. Eddie Caffrey is coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Don't forget... You can listen to us online, on the app, download that app and on the uh, traditional radio, of course, as well. And if you want to get in touch with us on Late Lunch, latelunch at lmfm.ie is our email address out of ours if you want to contact Louise or myself. See you tomorrow for the final show of this week, Friday, 1.30. It's a date. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.